0: today on Hardwired. This second beast looks like a lamb. In other words, he comes over gentle. He comes over innocent, a lamb. You can't get any more gentle, innocent, harmless than a lamb. But when the Bible says he speaks with the voice of a dragon, that means Satan is speaking through this individual who comes over as a lamb. That's what it's saying. So what we're gonna see here is that this second beast is antichrist sort of John the Baptist.
1: You are listening to Hardwired with Pastor Jeff Wickwire. Thanks for allowing us to share this time with you. It's our favorite time of the day where we get to hang out together and hear about how the truth of God's Word can make a huge difference as it's hardwired into your life, your relationships, and your future. You may be stuck in traffic or maybe even stuck in life. Either way, today's message is going to help you get on the right track as you learn how much God loves you right where you are. And if for any reason you have to break away before the end of the program, you can always catch it at our website, hardwired.org. That's hardwired.org. So let's go ahead and get right into today's message. Here's Pastor Jeff to set it up for us. Hello everybody and welcome to this edition of Hardwired. Thank you so much for
0: joining us. Well, we're going through the Book of Revelation in Hardwired, and I've loved teaching it. I know you've loved hearing it. We've got great feedback. And today we're gonna go into something that all of you are gonna recognize. Even if you're not a Christian, you're likely going to recognize today's message, for we're gonna be looking at the infamous number 666. What does it mean? When John wrote it down in the Book of Revelation, how will that come to pass? In what way will people receive the mark? And if you do receive the mark, what does that mean for you? And if you refuse the mark, what does that mean for you? So without any further ado, let's jump right into today's message, 666, The Mark of the Beast. Let's go. We're gonna be in Revelations 13. And let me just do a little backup because I like to kind of keep us up to speed because we're dealing with a lot of stuff, a lot of heavy stuff. This is. This is, a you know, earth-shattering, earthquake kind of stuff. So I want to be sure that we're remembering what we dealt with last time and just keep us up to speed. So last time we ended, with looking at the rise of the infamous Antichrist. How the Bible calls him the beast. The Bible's description of his evil personality. The Bible tells us what he's going to be like. He's going to be the flatterer. He's gonna be the climber. He's gonna be the one who seizes power quickly. The opportunist deluxe on steroids. We looked at his committing the abomination of desolation and the worldwide adulation that will erupt after what appears to be the miraculous healing of a head wound. So it looks like either he or something connected to him, literally is resurrected. When that happens, the 10 nations, world nations are gonna join hands with him in his quest for world domination and the world is gonna worship him. When they truly believe this guy is so much from God and of God and has the favor of God that he's raised from the dead. Remember, Paul predicted in Thessalonians, he said, because they rejected the love of the truth, God's gonna send the world a strong delusion that they should believe not any lie, but the lie. He puts the article, definite article, the, in front of lie, which distinguishes lie from other lies. It isolates it and said, this is the granddaddy of lies. I personally believe it's the antichrist. The lie, the strong delusion will be this individual. Now today we begin by noting that John has shown a second beast, the Antichrist, the first beast, but here comes beast number two. Revelations 13, verse 11, John looks and he saw another beast come up out of the earth. Now he's gonna describe him. This description is very important. He had two horns like those of a lamb, but he spoke with the voice of a dragon. All right, now let's track that. This second beast looks like a lamb. In other words, he comes over gentle. He comes over innocent, a lamb. You can't get any more gentle, innocent, harmless than a lamb. But when the Bible says he speaks with the voice of a dragon, that means Satan is speaking through this individual who comes over as a lamb. That's what it's saying. So what we're going to see here is that this second beast is Antichrist, sort of John the Baptist, Now, what did John the Baptist do? He pointed to Christ. He said, there's your guy. There's your man. There's Messiah. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. John set the stage for Christ to step onto it. This second beast is going to do the same thing for the Antichrist. It's like a counterfeit. It's like a satanic counterfeit. All right. Satan comes up with nothing new. Most of what he does, he's copying God. And so John goes on to describe him in verses 12 and 13. He exercised all the authority of the first beast and he required, look at this. He required all the earth and its people to do what? Worship the first beast. So John the Baptist, He's it's the antichrist, demonic John the Baptist, whose fatal wound had been healed. Now that verse makes me think that it's the antichrist himself that appears to receive some kind of a deadly wound and the world thinks it's fatal and he gets up seemingly from the dead. I personally don't believe he does. I think it looks like he does because Satan can't raise from the dead. Satan can't raise anybody from the dead, but he can deceive and lie and use trickery. And I do believe that he's gonna make it seem like this antichrist rose from the dead. All right, so this second beast says to the world when it looks like he rose from the dead, you need to worship him. This man is not just a good politician or a problem solver. This man is more. This man has a supernatural edge to him. As a matter of fact, this man is God. Worship him. Verse 13, he did astounding miracles. Who did? The second beast. He did astounding miracles, even making fire flash down to earth from the sky. While everyone was watching, he replicated the miracle of Elijah. He is Elijah-esque here. Now, let me tell you what I think this is showing us. He's doing miracles. Antichrist doesn't do miracles, but this man is doing miracles, the second beast. So he's a religious leader. He is a religious figure. Now, I'm going to step out in faith here, and I'm going to say something that might rub some of you wrong. I'm sorry if I do. I'm just taking guesses. There's only one religious leader in the whole world who has the eye of the whole world and who much of the world will listen to, and that's the pope. Now, I don't know for sure. I don't know. I'm just surmising. I'm throwing something out. But I can see that because we've had popes, and we have one now that is anything but biblical, Now, can I be honest tonight? He's anything but biblical. He's done all kinds of things that are completely detached from Scripture. He's not a Bible man, all right? So I'm just saying, now some of you were raised in Catholicism. I'm not taking a a shot at you here. I'm just saying that this is a a decent guess because it would be easy for a pope to come alongside a world-renowned political figure and begin to promote him. And then for a pope to be in the religious arena where he could do supernatural miracles and and the world would expect that from him. It would be a religious leader here. So to me, you've got a a political leader and a religious leader working in tandem to bring the world under a spell and and to bring about world domination. There's no question about it. And by the way, Since he replicated the miracle of Elijah, it's interesting to me that for 2,500 years, the Jews have longed for the coming of Elijah. Did you know that? Because of the way that Malachi chapter 4 ends, the last book in the Old Testament ends with a prediction of the coming of Elijah, the return of Elijah. Malachi prophesied his return. I'm quoting it now, verse 5, chapter 4, Malachi. Malachi, look. I am sending you the prophet Elijah before the great and dreadful day of the Lord arrives. So all the Jewish people know about this prediction, all right? So for the last 2,500 years, Jewish families, when observing their annual Passover meal, have left a door or a window open for Elijah to enter and join them in their anticipation of Messiah. Happens to this day. That's how strong the belief is. Now look at this strong delusion. Here comes this strong delusion, this second beast, and he performs what looks like a miracle that Elijah would have performed, fire coming down out of heaven, and they believe in him, and they believe in the one he's pointing to. Strong delusion, that they would believe the lie. Hence, this second beast is gonna be an ultimate imposter John continues, verse 14, and with all the miracles he was allowed to perform on behalf of the first beast. And <laughs> interesting, we perform miracles, believe for miracles in the name of Jesus. He's gonna do miracles in the name of Antichrist. He deceived all the people. Now look at that again, everybody. With these miracles, in the name of Antichrist, the second beast deceived all the people who belong to this world, all of them. He ordered the people to make a great statue of the first beast, uh-oh, who was fatally wounded, and then came back to life. So again, clearly, something happens to Antichrist that looks like, okay, he's toast, it's over with, he's dead, and he gets up. And that's sort of like the world looking at it like the divine seal of approval on him, because he resurrected. It's a counterfeit Christ, Antichrist, against Christ, opposed to Christ, taking the place of Christ, false Christ, Jesus warned against. False teachers, false prophets, and false Christ. But a simple statue of Antichrist won't do. Look where the second beast takes it a step further. I marvel at the word of God here. Verse 15, he was then permitted to give life to this statue so that it could speak. So we got a talking statue here. Now watch. Then the statue of the beast commanded that anyone refusing to worship it must die. Who's talking here? A statue. And what is the statue saying to the world? It's talking to the world. Worship Antichrist, that guy, or die. So now we got two beasts, Antichrist, the false prophet, his John the Baptist, and now we got a third thing, a statue that is animated, to talk. Now for centuries, Bible students used to read this and go, what could this possibly be talking about? A talking statue, because they would look at like a Michael, what's the sculptor's name, Michael Angelo. They would look at one of his statues and say, statues don't talk. They would look at all the statues from the Middle Ages. Statues were a big deal. And they didn't talk, they're stone. But this statue was talking, so nobody could make out what in the world this is talking about. But now we live in an age of animation.
1: Statues can easily be made to talk, walk, move, gesture, and so on. I've seen them. Before Pastor Jeff comes back to wrap things up for us today, I'd like to share a couple of important things with you. Let me encourage you to take a minute and check out our website, hardwired.org. You'll find today's program along with all of Pastor Jeff's messages. There's a growing list of great things to check out at the site. So hop on over and check it out, hardwired.org. That's hardwired.org. And be sure to tell your friends about the program. We know you're being blessed by it. I'm sure your friends will be as well. We're here to reach as many people for the Lord as we can. So getting the word out will help us on this mission. And that's what this program is all about. And Pastor Jeff's back now for the conclusion of today's program. Do you know that many pastors today, you may not know this, but they've begun
0: using hologram projectors, okay? Which create a three-dimensional lifelike image of them without their having to be there in church. And they teach as if they're there, stand there in the sanctuary. And it's virtually impossible if you're in the audience to tell that the image is not real. Well, there's Pastor Jeff up there. But if you came up to me, you could put your hand through me. Now you go, no way. Oh yes, way, I've seen one. I've got a pastor friend that's got one. He said, come on, I'm gonna show you something. So I went over to his sanctuary and he said, watch this. And he pulled out some black curtains. And so here's black curtains, uh, sort of in the back of the stage and on both sides. And he said, now come stand here like you're in the audience and I did. And all of a sudden down came an image of him and he's talking and he's teaching the Bible. And he said, you know what is happening? When this is happening in my church on Saturday night, I'm at the restaurant having dinner. Now, I got to tell you, it weirded me out because I now we've got a hologram teaching the people as if the pastor is there. You know what? He could really freak them out and make it look like it suddenly disappeared. (laughs) Right? Oh my gosh, he got raptured. Pastor went and we didn't. But watch this, look at this now, a talking statue, a talking image, it's not really a human being, but it's an image talking in the holy of holies, talking to the world via camera, worship the beast or die. It's not so far fetched now. Michelangelo's statues couldn't talk, but this one can. Again, the word of God amazes me because John could never have known of the modern age. He could never have known of modern technology but he predicted that a statue would talk. Two-way television systems are now in place where the entire world could see a lifelike image on their own computer screens and be commanded to worship it. We could do it now. I mean, Zoom, FaceTime, we could all be tuned in right now to the Middle East in a rebuilt temple in the Holy of Holies where there is an image, a talking animated image telling us to worship the beast or die. Two-way Even George Orwell in his book 1984 envisioned a system whereby Big Brother could also see you. I read 1984 again just a few years ago. It's amazing. I don't know who George Orwell, I don't know much about him personally, but some kind of prophetic something came on him because he sure nailed where we are right now. Big Brother is everywhere. And Big Brother is watching. And there's hardly a place you can go that a camera is not on you. So it's a reality now. Some people now have learned, I better put tape over the camera lens on my computer or else somebody could be watching me back. And I don't like that. They could be watching me walk around the room when I'm not even thinking about being on the computer, but it, there's that lens and you forget about it, but it's there. The other day, me and Cindy were talking and um, we have, I know what you're gonna say to me. I know you ought not have that, but we've got Alexa. And so we're talking, and all of a sudden, Alexa goes, said, I don't know the answer to that. I said, I didn't ask you anything. (laughs) And she came back, I don't know the answer to that. I said, but I didn't even call your name. Then, would you like for me to know your name so I can recognize your voice when you talk? And I said, no. (laughs) But see, we got things all around us now, folks. And John foresaw this. Are you with me tonight? John foresaw this. Animated, talking statues. You know, the whole world watching a single event at the same time in all the different time zones. The second beast could quite possibly place this type of animated statue of the Antichrist right in the Holy of Holies commanding the world to worship him or suffer the death penalty. So at this point, the three and a half year midpoint of the great tribulation, remember great tribulation is seven years long. So we're at the three and a half year mark, the midway point. And here is when Antichrist doubles down and goes for what he's always wanted at the midway point. When he goes into the holy holies and says, I am God, he makes his move. And the world is totally brought under his demonic domination right here. Worship Antichrist, or die. Now, this scene, you gotta think back to Nebuchadnezzar when he built the giant statue. It harkens back to that. Nebuchadnezzar built that giant statue and told all of Babylon, when the horns blow, when the music plays, I want everybody in Babylon to bow down and worship this statue of me. So he was wanting to deify himself. And that's why he lost his mind. He went stark raving crazy. Uh, he was, he was removed from the kingdom. He was put out to pasture like a cow. He walked around on all fours. His fingernails grew out like like eagle's talons. His hair grew out, beard, he went crazy. He was eating grass because he lifted himself up to be godlike. That's how people go crazy. That's why you need to always say, you know what I am? What I am by the grace of God. I am what I am by the grace of God. And Anything that I'm not, like yet, whenever it pertains to Jesus, the grace of God just hadn't done it yet. But any good thing in me, I am what I am by the grace of God. I'm gonna tell you that about this man, straight up. I am what I am by the grace of God. Nobody knows better than me, what the grace of God has done for me. But apart from the grace of God, I'm nothing. Nobody, nothing. And so are you, amen? How many of you are so thankful the grace of God touched you? And I mean, you know, you didn't go out and find Jesus. He found you. Come on, everybody. So the whole kingdom about, and it was always interesting to me that Nebuchadnezzar told them when you hear music, that's when I want you to bow down. Music was involved. Some seductive kind of music was involved. that caused them to bow down and God took him down. Now, next, this diabolical beast duo Bring the stakes even higher by forcing the world to take the infamous mark of the beast. Verse 16, here we go. He required everyone. Who's he? The second beast in tandem with the first beast and this animated statue. He required everyone, small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to be given a mark on the right hand or on the forehead. And nobody could buy or sell anything without that mark. Let that sink in. You can't go get gasoline without that mark. You can't sell a car without that mark. It says, you can't just not buy, you can't sell. You can't sell a house, you can't sell a car, you can't sell anything without that mark. The system will be so in place that for a sale to happen, you've gotta have that mark. Now, listen carefully. No one could buy or sell anything without that mark, verse 17, which was either, now this is important, either the name of the beast or, so we're given an option here, or the number representing his name. So you either have a name, Jeff, or you have the number that somehow pertains to my name, either or. Now let's look at the word mark, because here's where words matter. In the Greek language, it's karagma. Wasn't there a movie way back, uh, Karygma, something like that? The horror movie, some terrible thing Hollywood came up with. But here's the word, karagma. That's the word mark. And it means a stamp or an engraving, like a tattoo. So it is as distinct as a tattoo etched into the skin. All right? Karagma. It's a mark. It's the same idea as a cattle brand. So it's a distinct mark. So keep that firmly in your skull. Here we go. It's interesting that the, the Great Tribulation is accompanied by these kinds of identifying marks. You know, either having God's mark or seal on your forehead, God's mark, as the hundred and forty-four thousand Jews do during the Great Tribulation, they are marked. It says they have God's mark on them. Or in the same great tribulation, you get another mark, the devil's mark. So there's either God's mark or the devil's mark. One of the two. And if you're not a believer and you're in the beast system and you're under that great delusion, then you're gonna take the devil's mark. You are gonna take it. It'll be forced upon the Christ-rejecting world or you'll sit there and you'll starve. And if you don't know Jesus, you're you could you're not gonna do that. This technology for a mark like this is in place right now. It only awaits the right timing. I'm gonna say that again, it only awaits the right timing. Everything we see now that is significantly headed that direction or the same kind of thing, it's technology being prepped, being prepared for the right timing. For instance, a recent article was headlined this, fingers likely to replace ID cards in the United States. Follow this, the article reads, beginning in March, students at the University of California, Irvine were no longer required to show their ID cards to gain access to the Anteater Recreation Center. Instead, they only had to place their hands in a scanner and type in their personal ID numbers. Campus officials said that the hand geometry system had been available for less than two months and already almost 9,000
1: students had taken it, subscribed to it, gotten an ID number. You've been listening to Hardwired with Pastor Jeff McQuire. It would mean the world to us to know how the program has helped you today. So take a quick minute and give us a call. 877-884-3111. Or you can connect with us at our website, hardwired.org. And if you enjoy the program as much as we love bringing it to you, let us know by your generous support. It would really mean a lot to us. There are daily costs associated with the program and we truly do depend on the faithful financial support of our listeners like you to allow us to be on this station. So please consider partnering with us today with your gifts to this ministry. You can call us at 877-884-3111 or go to the website hardwired.org. Again, call 877-884-3111 or at our website, hardwired.org. Thank you for your loyal partnership as we couldn't do this without you. And finally, Pastor Jeff is the founder and senior pastor of the vibrant Turning Point Church in Fort Worth, Texas. If you're ever in the area, we hope you'll stop by and say hi. and Let us know that you listen to the program. That would really make our day. And Pastor Jeff would love to meet you personally too. So till next time, have a great day. And thanks so much for listening to Hardwired.